All right, good morning. Glad to see you here this morning. How are we doing? Yeah, if that worship didn't wake you up, you are dead. All right, so I'm glad you guys are awake. Uh, just to clear the air before you guys get to staring or, or starting rumors, there's nothing nesting in my face. Uh, I'm attempting to grow something, and uh, I am pitiful at it, okay? This is 10 days of growth, and so y'all just... I get mixed reviews, so you know, if you like it, let me know, because I'm starting to get insecure about it. So, All right, all right, all right. Sorry, Gabe, it stays. <laughs> I don't think she's kissed me in 10 days. So, Yeah, anyway, y'all didn't come here to hear about that. <laughs> Can you believe Christmas is just over two weeks away? Isn't that crazy? 17 days. And uh, I think Thanksgiving being so late in the year just messed, messed it all up. I mean, it's just, it's here. It's upon us. Now, listen, uh, they say that this season and Christmas, it's all about peace on earth and goodwill towards men, right? I don't think that applies during Black Friday. I mean, they should call it Black Eye Friday because that's what it's all about. So that somehow this time of year isn't really about peace on earth and goodwill all that much, is it? In fact, if you're like me, you might find this to be one of the most difficult times of the year to have peace. Joy, hope, comfort, because there's so much going on. And why is it, how ironic is it that the one time of the year that is supposed to be about peace on earth and goodwill towards men can be the most stressful and hardest time of the year emotionally for us to get through? Uh, you guys all know what a stress test is, right? How many of you, just curious, how many, anybody ever done a stress test? Good grief. We got a cardiologist in the room? And he put, that's a lot of people. I wasn't expecting that. Y'all okay? Everybody all right? All right. Deep, deep, breathe deeply. We're okay. So if you're, you guys know better than I do that have been on, I haven't done it, but they, the whole idea of a stress test is to challenge your heart, to get it going to the, up to speed and, and working hard and getting it almost up to the verge of where it can do, uh, its maximum capacity of work. And they want to, they want to test your heart on that treadmill to see what, uh, how healthy your heart is and how everything's pumping. And so they bring you right up to the limit. You know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like Christmas to me. Where everything just piles in, piles in on you, and it builds and builds, and it takes you emotionally right up to your very limits of being able to deal with stuff. Can anybody relate to that? I mean, I'm talking about stress that piles in. There's financial pressures. How am I going to pay? I'm, you know, barely paying the bills, and now I've got these other bills I need to do, and my kids want certain things, and they don't want the little things, they want the big things. So you've got their expectations, you've got family's expectations, in-laws' expectations, you're having to make decisions as a couple or a family or where you're going to spend your time and who you're going to tick off this year and who's not going to get, you know, not going to see Aunt Myrtle and all that stuff. Stress. And on top of that, a lot of times this time of year brings back memories of loss and heartache and you think about who's not with you that year. Or who you're not speaking to that year? Or who you wish you had a relationship with that year? Or you think back the way things used to be? And all the stress and all the heartache and all that piles up and it just feels like it just can be overwhelming and too much. Pushes us right to our emotional limits. You know what God wants for us this time of the year? Is his peace. 
I mean real peace. I mean like calming in your soul, a deep satisfaction, a calmness and a confidence that cannot be removed. That's what God wants for us. That's what he means by peace. In fact, that's part of his story. That's part of the God story that he's been telling since the beginning. And that's part of the Christmas story. If you've got your Bible, I want you to turn to Isaiah 9, 6 with me real quick. And uh, the word is, uh, Isaiah, the prophet is, is speaking of a future Messiah that would come. Jesus who would come and redeem all the world. And it was on the heart of God to do that from the very beginning. But 700 years before he came, God had put it on the heart of Isaiah. And this is what he had to say in that verse. He says, for unto us a child is born, and to us a son is giving. See, there's a, there's a guy who was born, a humanity, but also a divinity that, that came down. He is both the man and God. A child is born and a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. What does your Bible say? Prince of Peace. See, he came in part to bring peace where there was no peace. He came to bring peace between God and man. He came to bring peace to us in our hearts. He came to bring peace to us among our fellow men. He came to bring peace even in the most trying moments of our lives. He said, you can have something that the world will never understand. You can have my peace. That's why I've come, is to bring that to you. And you might say, look, I just can't seem to find it. I can't seem to find the peace. I've heard other believers talk about the peace of God and they have this calmness about them, but I struggle with it. Can I tell you something? Peace is not something that you find. It's something that finds you. Peace is not something you can create or summon. And uh, it is not something you can meditate by yourself long enough and find. Um, see meditation and all that, it might slow your heart rate down a little bit, but it is a very temporary problem to a long-term, uh, temporary solution to a long-term problem. And God wants to give us a peace that is well beyond all of that. In fact, I know this peace is found and get this. If you hear nothing else, peace is found in a person and his name is Jesus Christ. Peace is found in a person and his name is Jesus Christ. The scripture says he is the prince of peace. He's the author of peace. He knows all about peace. He's the one who grants peace because he is peace. That's who he is. See, real peace is given. Real peace is given and we simply receive it. And it is a byproduct of God's work in your life. Do you know, if you know this passage, Galatians 5, talks about the fruit of the Spirit, that if you're walking with God and His Spirit is alive in your life, that certain things come out of your life like love and joy and peace. It's a byproduct of the work of God in our lives. And if you are struggling for peace, it means that, the, that God wants to do a work in your life. He wants to be there. He wants to show up and he wants to grant you and I something that we cannot generate on our own. We cannot find on our own. We can't find satisfaction in our own and it comes only from him. And if you don't have peace, you just need more of him. You just need more of him. So we can struggle in a lot of ways with peace. Sometimes we struggle with just finding peace within our very selves. I want you to listen to this passage Jesus said in John chapter 14. He says this, uh, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. 
See, Jesus was saying this to his disciples the night before he was to go to the cross. He said, listen, I know you're going to get upset, and I know everything about your life's going to be wrecked, and you're going to struggle to have peace. I want you to know something. I can still give you peace. I can give it to you. See, he gives peace to those who know him and are near him. Jesus Christ gives peace to those who know him and are near him. You could say, look... um, I've been a follower of God a long time. I've grown up in church. I know all about this stuff, but I struggle with anxiety. I struggle with worry. I struggle with depression. And inside me, I just, there seems to be a restlessness and I don't have the peace. This peace you're talking about, I don't have it. So you may know him, but not not be near him. You say, well, I read my Bible. I do all the things that a believer is supposed to do. I go to church and I, and I read my Bible and I pray and I do all the things, these things. And I, yet I still don't have the peace that you're talking about. Saying so, you can even be near him in all these other areas of our lives. We can be near him and we invited him into our relationships and we've invited him into our, our time alone with him and we've invited him in all these. But there might be certain areas of our lives where we box him out. And say, God, here's, this is a situation I've never invited you into. And if that's the case, then you're not near him in that situation. But God gives peace to those who know him and are near him. I mean, it looks like a lot of different things. I mean, you can say, I just don't know how I'm doing Christmas. Uh, I'm not sure how I'm going to get through another Christmas emotionally. See, that in those moments when you come to the end of yourself, that's where you can decide to invite God in. Invite him into a place where you have no peace. And I just want to be clear. If God, if you're struggling to provide Christmas for your family and that sort of thing, God may or may not cause the money to appear. I mean, he may or may not do that. But here's what I know he can do. He can give you a perspective and a calm and a confidence that regardless of the situation and regardless of what Christmas looks like, that you can trust in him and have a peace that does not make sense to anybody else. That's what peace that's given looks like. Sometimes we have peace just in our struggle to have peace just inside of us. Sometimes we struggle to have peace in our relationships. I mean, it never comes up at Christmas time, right? Struggling to get along with other folks? Come on, we just did Thanksgiving. You know what I'm talking about. Sometimes it's a struggle to find peace in our relationships. Look what Ephesians 2, 14 and 15 says. It says this. Speaking of Jesus Christ, it says, For he himself is our peace. He himself is our peace. He's the author of peace. He's the prince of peace. If you're lacking peace, here's where you go. You go to him because he is our peace. Now look what it says. Who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations? His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making what? Peace. See, here's what's going on here. In the early church, what was happening was you had Jewish believers and you had Gentile believers. If you're not Jew, then you're Gentile. That's most of us. All right. And in that day, it was very clear. The Jews were the promised people and they were the, they were the chosen ones of God and they were the ones that received his word and they had all the promises of God. And then when God did this thing that they didn't see coming where Jesus came and he died for the sins of all the world, 
He did something that the Jews never expected. He opened up himself and a relationship with him to everybody. And when he did that, he tore down this wall of hostility that divided the Jews and divided the Gentiles. The Jews thought they were elite in their, in their devotion to God. And God says, listen, there is no upper class. There is no upper tier. You are all one in me now. I've destroyed that. See, what I did, it says in my flesh, I died on a cross so that the laws and its regulations could be paid for. All the righteous fulfillments of the law, I was met in Jesus Christ. And everything you and I struggle to do morally, uh, to do the right thing all the time, to not lose our cool, to not control our tongue, all that we could not do that we failed to do, he did. And he died a perfect sacrifice on a cross to destroy any barrier, Jew and Gentile, or any other that would divide mankind one from the other. He destroyed every barrier there is. He's destroyed the barriers of race. He's destroyed the barriers, barriers of religion. He's destroyed the barriers of gender. He's destroyed the barriers of color. He does, he's destroyed the barriers of economics. He says, listen, you are all now one in me. You're one in me. There is no them. What's your them? Those people out there. God says, look, there is no them. There's just us and them. And now it's us and then we're all together and it's we. It's just us. In Christ, all the barriers and all the things that would separate mankind have been removed. And it's through his example and through his power. When the Bible says that you love as the Lord has loved you and you forgive as the Lord has forgiven you and you bear with one another as I have bared with you, then that gives us the ability, no matter what the tension is in your relationships, no matter how mad you've been wronged in your past, no matter how much they're annoying you today, God can break through all that because he says, you love them like I loved you. You forgive them like I've forgiven you. You bear with them like I have borne all kinds of junk from you. Now that is so easy to say, and that is so hard to do, isn't it? But see, when I'm trying to do it, it's really hard. In fact, it's impossible. But when I invite God in into the unrest and the brokenness of a relationship and say, hey, God, I don't feel like loving them. And God, I don't feel like forgiving them. And God, I don't feel like putting up with them. But since you did that for me, will you give me the strength to do that to them? And he says, I'd love to. I'd love to. And, and I, most of the time when we think about these kind of conflicts, it's somebody that we know and love and they're intimate in our life. And sometimes it's just somebody you bump into that really... Uh, no other way to say it, it ticks you off. Just just annoys the credit. This happened to me this week. I got I to gotta get this off my chest. Can y'all do a little therapy with me for a second? This is going to make me feel a lot better. All right, so I'm at the gym, and I'm running. And if you've ever seen me run, it's ugly. Okay? I can't talk. Dana goes to our church. She's in my gym, and she's not here today. But I can't talk. I'm breathing, Okay? Uh, I'm just worried I'm breathing. And so there's a t- three, uh, three uh, treadmills down. There's a guy. Okay, this will take you off the first place. He's not even walking. He's standing on the treadmill. Get off the treadmill. Just get off. Uh, anyway, he's standing on the treadmill, turned sideways, talking to the three of us that are in front of him, trying to get an audience with any one of us. I think he's mostly hitting on the young girl next to me. But anyway, he's talking. And I'm like, and he would not shut up, A. 
and he talked really loud. And here was the conversation, me, 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 I, 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 and I used to do this, and we were all state, and we went to the championship, and did this, and back in the day, and they don't do it like that, and if they didn't, me, and if I was the coach, and I would do that, and I was like, I, I mean, everything in me not to go, shut up. I wanted to record him and go, this is annoying. I was, my blood pressure, I mean, I know I was running, but my blood pressure was up anyway. I mean, this guy needed to give it a break. And I'm just going, I don't like him. I don't know him. I don't know his name, but I don't like him. And I started judging him. I started thinking all these things. And all these things I wanted to say to this guy, if I could only talk. (laughs) Maybe that was God's divine plan. I just was breathing. Just worried about breathing. And I got off that treadmill and I started thinking about the message I was going to bring to you guys. And I thought, hmm, dang it. (laughs) I'm supposed to love that guy? I'm supposed to forgive that? I'm supposed to bear that guy and put up with him? I don't want to. (laughs) But that's not our choice, is it? That's not our choice. He is the prince of peace, and he's called us to peace, and he's demolished every dividing wall, every line of hostility. It doesn't matter how annoying the person is. It doesn't matter how many times they've done the same thing. It doesn't matter how many times you have to say, I forgive you. It doesn't matter any of that, how many times you have to choose to love them. If God has put you in that relationship, then you can be the messenger of peace to that relationship. It's on us. I love Romans 12, 18. It says, if possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. If possible, if you've done everything you can do to live at peace with them, you do that. That's our responsibility. You know, if you need healing in a relationship, and I know this is hard, guys, because sometimes the hurts go well beyond a, a stupid conversation on a treadmill. Sometimes these hurts go deep, and somebody said something to you decades ago, and you still hear those words ringing in your ears. Or somebody did something to you, and it has changed the course of your life literally for years. And you've had resentment and bitterness that has built up over time, over time, over time. But here's what I know God wants you to do. He wants you to invite him into that very place, invite him into that relationship, invite him into all the hurt and the anxiety and the pressure you feel right there. And you want to, he wants you to say, hey, God, whatever you want to do in me to bring peace to this relationship, I'm game. I'm game. We can also find ourselves not only with internal struggle for peace or relationship peace. We can also really struggle when we have a situation that arises, some, some problem, some, some uh, just terrible circumstance that robs us of our peace. Robs us of our peace. You get in a tight spot. Um, on, a, on a lighter note, I was in that Friday night. I had six middle school girls at my house. That's a tight spot. (laughs) And now what I'm going to tell you is you find peace in the midst of that situation. But you know what I did? I ran. (laughs) I said, I'm going to take my youngest daughter. We're going to do a daddy-daughter date. It's thinking, wasn't it? Hey, I'll be glad to pick up the pizzas. Let me go get them. 
hey, if you need me, I'm going to be upstairs <laughs> after I got home. I mean, I got out of the way. But sometimes you don't, you, you don't get that choice. And you are right in the middle of a difficult situation. And you are struggling for peace in that thing. Can I tell you, you'll never face a situation tighter than the one Christ faced. See, in the night before he betrayed, was betrayed, and he was arrested, and all the stuff happened, and he went to a cross, and he was killed on our behalf, he was in a tight spot, wasn't he? Everything in him did not want to do that, except his will. He says, Father, not my, your, my will, but yours be done. And so the night before he's going to the cross, he, he gathers the disciples around again. This is in John 16, just a few chapters later. And he says this, look, I'm going to go to the cross, and, and you're going to all leave me and abandon me. And I'm going to be all alone. Except I'm not alone. My father's with me. And then he says this in verse 33, he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have what? peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Is that true? In this world, you will have trouble. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. He says, listen, there is no situation you're going to face, even the one I'm about to face. Nothing is bigger than the God who grants peace, even in the midst of the worst situation. You can have peace. It's like he gathered around, he says, look, 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 guys, he gets to 12, he says, in your eyes, everything's about to go south. I mean, all your hopes and all your dreams and all your aspirations, you thought we were going somewhere, you thought you're going to be like rulers with me, and you thought this thing was going to just take off, and you'd be like celebrities, and I'd be like the, one of them too, and, and this all was going to be really great, and you're going to see all that come crashing down tonight and tomorrow. You're going to watch them arrest me, you're going to watch them beat me. You're going to watch them whip me. You're going to watch them hang me on a cross, and I'm going to suffocate to death on a, on a Roman uh, cross. You're going to watch them bury me, and you're going to wonder what in the world has happened, what, what went wrong. And then later, you're going to recognize that in my moment of need, you abandoned me. Even then, you can have peace. That's what he tells me. Even then, do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled. See, peace is not an absence of problems. I want you to hear this. Peace is not an absence of problems. All the time I'm thinking, and all the time you're thinking, if I could just this, get this situation out of my life, then I'll be happy. Then I'll have peace. Then everything will be fine. If I could just get that person out of my life, or if I could just get this one thing resolved, if I could just get all these things lined up, then I'll have peace. If you ever get to that day, will you, would, I want to shake your hand. In my experience, that day does not come. That day does not come. Every time something great happens in my life, there's usually something that stinks in my life. How about you? See, peace is not an absence of problems, but it is an inner strength by God's grace to endure it in your own person that God grants you to go through whatever the problem might be. That's what peace is. Remember that night, guys. Remember that night. 
Jesus had told this to his disciples. They'd gone out to a place to pray. And I think you got to understand something about Jesus. He was divine and he was God in the flesh, but he was still flesh too, wasn't he? And everything in him was in agony over the choice he had to make. And three times he prays the same prayer. God, if there's any other way, if there's anything else you could do to fulfill this mission, to redeem a lost world back to yourself, I know you love them, God. I love them, and I want them to part of the family. But if there's any other way, God, I would love to have that other way given to me. Then he goes back again. He says, God, basically, I know that's not your plan. Uh, Not my will. Yours be done. And what he was doing is he's inviting God into the very situation that was robbing him of his peace, wasn't he? Jesus himself had to wrestle for his own peace that night, didn't he? And he didn't stray from God. He didn't try to handle it on his own. He went three times right before they take him. He could have done a lot. He could have said goodbye to his mother. He could have said goodbye to the disciples. He could have done a lot of other things, but he went to his father three times and said, God, I need you in this place right now because I have no peace. See, peace is a confidence in God in the midst of your problems. Peace is a confidence in God in the midst of your problems. God, I know that you are good. God, I don't understand what's going on here. God, I don't understand why. I don't get the whole big picture. Some of this just doesn't make sense to me. But I do know one thing. You are still good. And you are still for me. And you are still sovereign. And everything and all my hopes and everything I dreamed you be are still true. You are still God. And this one circumstance doesn't change that. And my confidence in you will not be shaken. And sometimes it gets shaken, doesn't it? Our confidence in God gets shaken. Mine got shaken this week. Um, Adam was telling me about a coworker that... Um, uh, their son committed suicide last week. I mean, I can't fathom that pain. I can't fathom that pain. Their son committed suicide, and I was, and I could tell there was more to the story. And then he says, and then, and then, just found out that the mom backed over the baby girl a week later, and they lost two kids in a week. My heart broke, guys. And before I could even say, I mean, I, st- I talked before I can think, and I just said, man, if there's anything I can do to help them, tell them I'm, I'll be there for them. And he says, I sure will. And we get off the phone, and I thought, I have nothing to offer this family. There is absolutely nothing I could say to comfort them. There is n- I, there's nothing they can do, and there's nothing I can do to grant them peace for the loss of their two kids. The only way they could ever have peace is that it'd be a God-given peace that they might know him and be near him even in the midst of such a tragic week. But even there, even in that moment, God can grant peace. He can comfort people that could otherwise not be comforted. I don't know what your situation is, guy, guys, but I know we're, we're struggling with, with peace. Many of us are, are just going through the motions. We may be putting on a smile, but inside and underneath, there's not peace in our hearts like there needs to be. But I do know this. God gives peace to those who are near him and those who know him. He does. And if you don't have peace, 
It doesn't matter if it's internally or in a relationship or some situation you're facing. There is only one of two things going on in your life. There's only one of two things. You either don't know him or you're not near him. You either don't know him or you're not near him if you don't have his peace. Because he is the prince of peace. That's who he is and that's why he came, that we might experience his peace. And if he is near, he gives you his peace. He gives you his peace. So if you don't have his peace in your life because you don't know him, here's what I want you to do. You need to understand something. Jesus stepped out of heaven, the one place we'd all love to be, so that you could experience him in your life. And the reason you and I don't have peace is we live in a broken world with broken people. And it is robbing us of our peace that we could have in him. And our own sin and our own choices and the choices of other people that have been harmful to us can rob us of our peace. We need the Prince of Peace to intervene in our lives. See, Jesus Christ came that we might know him and know his peace. If you don't know him, in just a minute, I'm going to give you an opportunity to ask Jesus Christ the author of life and the author of peace to step into your life and make you new again. If you know him, but you're not experiencing his peace in your life, then you're not near him in a situation. You need to invite him into something that he's been blocked out of. You need to invite him into a relationship that you've blocked him out of. I want to, let's do that together. Let's give you an opportunity to respond. God in heaven, you are the Prince of Peace. And if we know you and we are near you, then we have your peace. Oh, Father, if somebody doesn't know you here this morning and they've never experienced what it means to be forgiven and set free by the living God, did not count our sins against us, but to recognize that all of our sin was put upon Jesus Christ and he paid the penalty for those sins. And because he did that for us, we can have life and joy and eternal life and our peace in our hearts today. If we'll only say yes and humble ourselves before you and say, yes, I need you. Yes, I need your forgiveness. If that's you this morning, I want you to cry out to God and say, God, I need you. I need your peace. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to come into my life. I believe Jesus is real, and I believe he died on a cross for me. And I'm putting my faith in him. And then, Father, there might be, I know there's many of us that just struggle with peace right now. We might be the only one who knows. But inside, it's broken. And we can fool everybody but you. And you don't want us to live like that. You want us to experience your peace today. So God, I pray that you would send a spirit of peace upon all those who call upon your name right now and say, God, in this situation, you tell God what it is. I ask for you to come in. I ask for your peace. You said you'd give it. You don't give like the world gives. You give it and, you, and it's ours for good. Call on the name of the Lord 
for his peace in your life. God, I pray you'd meet them right there. You give them a calm confidence in you to trust you regardless of what the situation is, regardless of how broken the relationship, regardless of how empty they might feel inside, that you are sufficient and you are enough, oh God. Be our peace, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.